Welcome to From the VC's Bookshelf, a podcast from TBR, the College System of Tennessee, the state's largest higher education system. In this series, we examine how we might re-envision the work we do and how we work together as we move into a post-pandemic world. Please join our host, Dr. Heidi Lemming, Vice Chancellor for Student Success, as she leads a live discussion with industry experts and leaders throughout our system. In our fall 2023 podcast series, we are leaning into themes found in the book Atomic Habits by author James Clear. The TBR system office has been engaged in testing out mindset interventions with students in gateway courses for about seven years now. And while Atomic Habits doesn't specifically use the word mindset, the book touches on similar themes. So our series will draw connections between the two bodies of work and also highlight how our research partners, faculty, and staff are working to change student habits and mindsets in support of academic success and college completion. In today's podcast, I'm excited to be talking to Jessica Rab, a biology professor in her 15th year at Nashville State Community College. Jessica jumped into teaching the college's first-year experience course in 2016 to support Nashville State's first-year experience-focused QEP. It's called Quality Enhancement Plan, for those of you that don't know what QEP means. TBR played matchmaker between Nashville State and the University of Virginia's Motivate Lab beginning in 2018, and this led to an impactful collaboration with mindset interventions in the FYE course, student-led focus groups, and a mindset-infused textbook, all with TBR's continued support. The work with Motivate Lab has helped motivate Jessica, and she hopes to spread the impact of mindset principles as a TBR high-impact practice ambassador this year. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. I'm excited to be talking with you today because there's so many connections with the work that we're doing system-wide and the work that you've been doing at Nashville State. And so hopefully we can bring some attention to what that is. I mean, probably people don't know what even a high-impact practice ambassador is, so we might need to even explain what that is. So um, can you just kind of give a summary? You know, we got this general bio view, but what you're doing in the space of mindset and maybe the ambassador work? Sure. I There's so many acronyms, too. I wasn't yeah. sure. QEP, <laughs> HIP, TBR, FYE. Yeah. I have been working with GPS, uh, <laughs> which is the Motivate Lab. Motivate Labs from the University of Virginia, social psychologists. And I'm a biologist by training, so this was all new to me. So mm-hmm. I've learned so much and uh, apply it now to my science classes. This is not just for first-year experience classes. It's any class. Uh, and advising. So it's not like, oh, this is just for faculty. Right. This is for advisors, too. Yeah. Administrators, too. Yeah. But, really, uh, everyone needs to be thinking about their mindsets. Exactly. <laughs> the um, work I've done with Motivate Lab, a couple projects that stand out. One is I worked on a project to have students think about what they value when they're in the first year experience class. And we do this the second day of class. We do it as soon as we possibly can. And the the point is to help students consider that being in college supports what they personally value. And and we do this as a strategy. We don't sugarcoat how hard college can be Mm -hmm. and how there will be times they don't value Nashville State. 
So mm-hmm. I'm from Nashville State. Well, this is going to be true for any college, but yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And we we know that there will their motivation will start to decline mm-hmm. when they walk in the door. That's the highest their motivation will probably ever be. Right. And we need to try to stem the decrease, just yeah. help prevent that from happening. And so if they can think of something they value and it can be a lot of them will say their family. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, some will say their independence. Mm-hmm. And how does being a college student at Nashville State support the, those things? Right. And so that, that's been developing that. It's so simple, but developing the discussion around values and then having students write about their values and how they're reflected and reinforced at Nashville State, those two things together have that high impact we're looking for. Right. And you're doing that in the first year seminar course, but of course, to, to, to your point, it can be done in any class, not right. just the first year seminar course. For our listeners who might not be familiar with what a first year seminar course is, oh, can you sure. maybe describe that a little bit? Sure. It is a high impact practice mm-hmm. in that it has an unusually high impact given how short a course it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, our course is only one credit. It lasts five weeks. And so in those five weeks, we try to help students in their, this is just required of students that have not been in college before mm-hmm. and help them. But this that's like a thousand students every five weeks. Yeah, right. <laughs> like This is one of the top classes at Nashville State in terms of who takes it because Mm -hmm. so many students are it's their first experience in college when they go to the community college and they were just trying to help them very quickly acclimate right to college right so they're learning things about what tell us some topics they might learn in that class so it depends on the the college, what they want to focus on. Our focus is academic and career planning Mm -hmm. and helping students, and this ties into the book very nicely, helping students think about who they are, Mm -hmm. their identity, and who they want to be, and how their degree is going to support that. So what degree do you want? Because students come into college, they just pick a degree. Right. We joke, they we have a lot of accounting majors because it starts with an A and they just picked accounting. So like, what degree do you actually want? It's very confusing. We have a associate of applied science degrees. We have all these transfer degrees. What What's the right path for you? Mm-hmm. And so in five weeks, we try to get them to make a plan mm-hmm. and figure out their path right. at Nashville State. Yeah, And for it to have meaning, value, that they can see they'll grow. That's the acronym for Motivate Lab GPS, growth, purpose, sense of belonging, all tied to their degree. Right. I like how you have taken the mindset principles and and kind of woven them into the the course material uh, because you're you all have an ultimate goal too, right? Right. You want the student to, to stay <laughs> to stay and identify with a a program. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, um, what you found to be helpful as you've done this work as a faculty member? So, you know, when we first did, I know we've done lots of pilot work, particularly at Nashville state. We've then took some of this work into gateway math courses across all of our institutions, but for you specifically, 
What have you found that's worked really well? What have you learned um, in this space? For me, I think coming from a science perspective, being reminded that writing is so important in terms of reflection. So uh, in the first year experience course, it was very do this, do that. We have, you make your plan, like you figure out your degree, you're, you're going to plan which classes you take. But before our work with Motivate Lab, we didn't have much reflection time. Mm -hmm. And that is a key component of any high impact practice. But the work with Motivate Lab just helped me see how important time for reflection in writing is to get a student to truly think mm -hmm. about themselves and give them that space to do so. How, how often are you given a chance to think about what you value and then also hear what your classmates value and see those connections, like what you have in common with them mm -hmm. and your faculty member, letting the faculty member also share what they value and what, when was, we asked them to share, when was school hard for you and how did, how does what you value help you overcome that? Yeah. So like your personal story as a faculty member kind of puts a student at ease because you're, you know, a little vulnerable in that moment by sharing a personal story. So it's less of this authorita authoritarian kind of relationship between student and faculty. Right. Member. So setting that stage, making that connection with them and not just doing that in the first year experience course. So for me, it's how do I now do that in a biology course? Right. I now have time for reflection in a biology course. Mm -hmm. I now share more personal stories for me about how I chose biology like by accident, not because mm -hmm. I was destined to be a, you know, biology. Well, let's professor. hear that personal story. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is all about personal stories. So, well, that's true. Tell, tell us about uh, that. I, I tell my classes that I joke that if when they're telling me what their majors are, that if anyone says they're a biology major, they'll get automatically get an A. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I say, as it turns out, I chose biology because I was trying to figure out a major that would have the least amount of writing. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, science, I need to go to science. And then I was trying to figure out a major in science that would have the least amount of math. And that was biology. So You're trying to find the path of least resistance, I guess, with yes. your skill set. So, but, but that was one of the things I liked about Atomic Habits was it did talk about how this needs to come from yourself and your identity. And my identity is at the time was not as a writer mm -hmm. or as a math person. And so I wanted to find a way to be in school, but I, I'd love school. Mm -hmm. I also joke with my students when we talk about a time we didn't value school, I'll say, but I've always valued school. That's why I'm still here. Right. You've always been drawn to being at the institution. Right. Well, I like hearing how, I mean, again, the personal story shows that it's not like you're on this pedestal where you're, <laughs> I can do all things. I mean, you had some mindset things probably that you're struggling with too, kind of like a student. I can't do math. A fixed mindset. Yeah, for a sure. fixed mindset. In fact, I, I know I've had a fixed mindset most of my life until Motivate Lab hmm. opened my eyes to growth mindset. 
So how have you changed personally then <laughs> since becoming aware of that? Um, I took a pottery class. Okay. And I was awful at it. <laughs> that was a real test of growth mindset. Sure. You did that intentionally because you wanted to push yourself? A little bit, yeah. Okay. And do something with a friend, but just, I, and I probably wouldn't have done it if a friend hadn't asked, but. Yeah. I would say with growth mindset, I'm still growing. Mm -hmm. I definitely have like lanes I pick and, and oh, well, I'm good at that. So I'm going to go in that lane. Mm -hmm. But I am better at thinking how I can get better at something. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have growth mindset doesn't mean you pick something like I now know pottery and say, well, I'm going to be the best potter in the world. Right. It's just, can I get better at something? So for me, it's probably not going to be pottery, but it is going to be something I might have a strength and then try to get better at that. One of the things I liked about Atomic Habits is he calls, uh, the author calls strengths opportunities. Right. So where, where do I have some strengths and, um, or how do I want to grow with those? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Atomic Habits has a model of how they create good habits and breaking bad habits. And so you're kind of touching on some of that a little bit, like maybe not thinking about the end goal being the best, in your example, potter in the world, right? <laughs> it's the small incremental steps you take along the way. Mm -hmm. So they say, you know, to create a good habit, you first have to make it obvious. Then you make it attractive in some way. You make it easy, make it satisfying. Um and that when you're trying to break a bad habit, it's the inverse relationship, right? You make it invisible. You make it unattractive. You make it difficult. You make it unsatisfying. So that's kind of the model that's presented in the book. As you reflect on that model and habits and goals, I mean, you know, you were just talking about kind of this idea of a goal for, for your um, taking on this challenge of a new skill. So think more broadly about that learning context. Do you think that's a model that will work? So as a faculty member thinking about it, your own personal experience, do you think that's a model that would work? I do. I definitely think that Atomic Habits rests. First, the author talks about how to make the a habit, like make it obvious, et cetera. Yeah. But then goes into how which habits you choose have to support your identity mm -hmm. and then I think that's what we're getting at with mindset is we're trying to help students figure out who they are and what their strengths are how they'd like to grow those strengths how what do they value what is their purpose um, and then trying to align those with a degree mm -hmm. so it is it is this idea of identity, I think, that's so important and that mindset. We're trying to get into the mind of the student and help them realize that they can grow, they can find value and belonging in being in college. And so that that's where I feel like this model of really thinking about who you are. And it doesn't have to be super deep. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know who I am. Like I still am figuring that out, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. And trying to figure out, like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm still working on that. Yeah. Uh, it's more like, that's why I love the value reflection where it could just be, I value my family. Mm -hmm. Or 
I value my independence or I value both. How, how does that value, what habits do I want to support that value? And one of those could be going to my classes, mm -hmm. finishing my degree. Yeah, and that's really kind of the motivator then too, right? So we're thinking about what would motivate a student to do X. So if they're trying to build a habit of regularly attending class, they need to remind themselves of why they're there, the value, and how that can be the motivator, right? Right. So, you know, the author makes a distinction between setting habits that focus on specific goals versus habits that have a systems-based approach, right? So that's really what we're talking about here. So the goal isn't like always saying, I'm working towards this X degree, it might be breaking that down into smaller steps. Today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to class because I value kind of my identity as a provider for the family. And I, and I need to be able to earn a degree to provide. So my first step is I got to complete this class. Mm -hmm. I got to be successful in this class. So getting up, walking out the door and, and, and going to school, which is just the habit every day, getting up, doing that over and over, right? Right, right. And he talks about, when he talks about habits and setting them up, there's a chapter in the beginning that's literally called Motivation is Overrated. And I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then comes back to it. The idea is that, that motivation is important. But mm -hmm. once you set the habit, Motive, you just do it. Right. Like motivation is overrated in that sense. But then later on in the book, he talks about how important intrinsic motivation is. You, mm -hmm. what, what do you want? And with mindset philosophy, we're just trying to help guide students to think about what they want in terms of what do they want to help them grow? Mm -hmm. What do they want because they value it? And help and helps them make connections with people. So this intrinsic motivation is this driver of the atomic habit. It's and it's what we're trying to help with mindset philosophy. We're trying to yeah. help them be intrinsically motivated. So as a faculty member, you test these small teaching principles um, in the classroom. What kind of impact have you seen from that? Like, are, are there some student stories? Obviously not citing a specific student, but things that you've seen result from that? Because we we have, I guess, the research side of that to say, yeah, because we saw growth in, you know, who completes and higher GPAs if they had these interventions compared to their peers who maybe didn't in an FYS course. But give me the story as a faculty member, like what did you personally maybe hear or see from students who engaged in these activities? Any differences? Well, I enjoy reading what they write. So I have the privilege of then reading their reflections yeah. and the other instructors of our first year experience course. And just this past week, um, three different instructors. I'm the course lead for our first year experience course and three different instructors of the course sent me, without identifying the students, right. sent me something that the student had written mm. and how it moved them. Oh, yeah. And it's really amazing, a privilege, again, just to read what they write um, in terms of what they value mm -hmm. and the... The, the amount of motivation just to get 
to college. Mm -hmm. I talk to my students about, I've read your value reflections. I know that you have grit. Like Mm -hmm. there's no way you would have, you won't be, you wouldn't be sitting in this class right now if you hadn't had to go through so much just to get here. Yeah. My, my job is just to try to help you keep it. Yeah. (laughs) Recognize that you have it. Right. That's what's been so great about teaching the course. We, because it's just one credit, the faculty that teach it usually teach it as like, like an extra. Mm-hmm. So, so we have faculty and advisors from all over the college, the campuses, the divisions. So it just helps our faculty and staff really get to know our students. Right. That's what I, I love about it. Yeah. Well, and what I love from a student affairs perspective is that this is exactly what the profession is about. Student affairs is the learning that happens. It's not just about true academics, right? It's about the personal growth, mm-hmm. the the personal learning that happens at our institutions as well. Right. Right. So reflecting on that and then the, the reflection piece, certainly, but also just an awareness, right, of this is a skill that you'll take with you in multiple places, not right. just at our institution. And learning that is a skill right. that can be developed. So uh, earlier in the introduction, we talked about how you're a HIP ambassador, high impact practice, we call it HIPs, short, that's our acronym. Um, you are a HIP ambassador for first year seminars. So how have you been promoting this mindset work with other schools through that role. Maybe talk a little bit about that too, because we haven't um, mentioned that body of work yet. Sure. Um, I'm working with another first year experience instructor, Nancy Hamilton from Roan State. And we do, I guess, quarterly, maybe quarterly, uh, twice a term Mm -hmm. workshops to help uh, that anyone in the TBR system can can join uh, our connection calls, we call them. Mm-hmm. And we try to, what we're focused on this year is talking about mindset principles. Yeah. So we had one yesterday, actually, yeah. and we talked about a purpose. So with mindset, as taught by Motivate Lab, there's growth, purpose, and social belonging. They call it the mindset GPS. And we focused on purpose and we, both Nancy and I talked about how we try to infuse purpose into our classes. And then what was so nice is to have the others attending also then talk about how they infuse purpose. And yeah. then I learned something, for example, we do this value reflection. Um, I learned that at Roan State, they take the value, they have the student write the value reflection on paper and then return it to the student at the end of the term and ask them to then think about how they've changed Mm -hmm. during the course of the class and do they still feel that way? And I thought that was a really nice way to close the loop. Yeah. Something they do day one and then they show it again at the end of the term. Mm -hmm. That is is impactful. Well, and so the reason why I wanted you to mention that is I think, again, for our listeners, thinking about how educators can design their educational environments for success, this is one way that we're doing this maybe, you're doing this at Nashville State, but we're also trying to do this at all of our institutions. So, you know, we are very uh, cognizant of the fact that, you know, we're serving an entire state 
uh, wide system of students. We want every student to have similar kinds of experiences that are impactful like this. And so your role as an ambassador, talking with others at other institutions about this, and then you all have this network, this fantastic network where you're sharing examples of what has worked really well so that you're constantly improving upon right. your teaching as well. Growth mindset. Yeah. So it's all, yeah, right. It all connects. But I think it's important for folks to know that this isn't just an isolated case. I'm interviewing you, but this, I could be interviewing someone at another campus because right. this is something that we're doing statewide. Right. And how do you feel supported by that as a faculty member when we think about our model of how you've got other connections with other faculty? How does that encourage you, I guess, in this work? Well, for example, in our connection call yesterday, there was a attendee who said it's two things. One, they were talking about how it can be hard to motivate a student in a general education class mm -hmm. um, because it doesn't directly tie to their major. So I talked about how we do that in the first in our first year experience course is we ask students to consider we call them career competencies, but they're basically soft skills like mm -hmm. teamwork, communication skills, digital tech skills, problem solving skills. How do, how do how do you develop these in your specific classes? So if it's a sociology class and you're having trouble seeing why you're in this class because you're a computer science major. Right. Well, maybe it's helping develop your work ethic or it's helping develop your problem solving skills right. and your knowledge of other cultures. And so it, I felt like we could brainstorm with this other faculty member at the connection call, like how to tackle something that right. is difficult for you but if it's difficult for you yeah it turns out that's difficult for our students yeah. too so yeah. it's been one of the key components of motivation is social belonging well that help that applies to me too mm -hmm. making these connections feeling like I belong in the college system of Tennessee yeah and I'm supported and we're trying to grow this so uh it's all working for me. I've got mm -hmm. the growth <laughs> purpose <laughs> and the social belonging. Yeah, right. It's the model that we're supporting even our faculty right. in as well. Great. Well, in your opinion, um, you know, how do you see this maybe changing? Um, you know, there's lots of conversations around AI and chatbots and, you know, how that might play into uh, academics. Uh, this is an emerging area. I don't think we've got all the answers, but... In your opinion, how do you um, see the technology um, shaping mindsets and academic behaviors for student success? Sure. Well, one thing that Atomic Habits brings up and is important with mindset is knowing your identity. And there is technology, and I think it'll get even better with AI to help students consider what their strengths and interests are. We... Most first-year experience courses use some sort of career assessment tool. Mm -hmm. we, we use something called U-Science, Y-O-U-Science. So it, it's literally trying to figure out who the student is. Right. And then because it has an access, because U-Science has access to a database with every single job, it can then show a student, for any individual student, how any 
any job aligns with their strengths and interests. Right. And then I, through AI, I'm sure we'll be able to then talk to the student very personally about their strengths and interests and how they align with jobs. So yeah. it's a very good way for students to explore identity mm-hmm. and what they might want to do mm-hmm. and what degree they should pursue. I think that's that's a powerful technology. And then as a faculty member with respect to mindset, I also think any technology that helps me give feedback mm. is important. Mm-hmm. And so technology that helps give immediate feedback so the student immediately knows what did I do right, what did I do wrong. Any like robust feedback mechanism like our learning management's D2L, like rubrics, um, being able to annotate papers within D2L, that type of feedback technology I think is a really good way to have growth mindset mm-hmm. and help our students get better mm-hmm. at something. And then I think virtual meetings like Zoom and Teams are a, a great technology to help us connect students. I know with the pandemic, we wanted students to get back into the classroom, but even when they're back in the classroom, to just be able to connect quickly via Teams or Zoom meeting, I find very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to talk to them versus and see them versus the agonizing email chain, right? Which I hate, and <laughs> they don't check, and yeah, right, email. <laughs> so I think technology can work in our favor here. Yeah, well, and I think the what I really like about your response is you're acknowledging the fact that this work is high touch. So even with technology, maybe having um, a role in that with immediate feedback, it's still high touch. This is not um, one answer fits all kinds of work, right? Especially when you're talking about a student's personal journey and giving them guidance on that personal journey. That is a one-on-one. Right. And it, and so that's very time intensive. That's, you know, when we think about staff capacity, that sort of thing. So, but it's worthwhile because, you know, again, the, the point you're making is, you know, students need help sometimes recognizing why general education courses are valuable to their long-term goal. And it's through that reflection activity, how this is going to help them maybe have, I guess people aren't really using the term soft skills anymore, kind of work ready skills, right? So it is still a workforce um, pipeline issue, right? We want students to enter the workforce, but they need it. You know, employers are asking for these skills still. And so we are developing that um, for their long-term Um, success within a job right and that is why we're in this business ultimately right and it doesn't have to be intense like the meeting the feedback but it needs to be regular Mm -hmm. it needs to help them grow they need to see that that's that you have a growth mindset for them right and it's very important motivate lab talks about this too that that the faculty have a growth mindset for the about their students. Right. Students will know <laughs> if you don't. <laughs> if you think that they can't do the work, they'll figure that out pretty quick. Right. Yeah. It's really important that you believe that they can grow. Right. And give them the tools to do so. That That's the other big thing about 
mindset philosophy and atomic habits, it's not just that you believe you can grow. What strategies are you going to use to grow? So atomic habits is great. It's a strategy. Mm -hmm. I have this little habit that I do Mm -hmm. and that's helping me get better little by little. Right. So little things. That's another, I love that about the book too. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Right. I could meet with you for two minutes. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. Well, and the mindset interventions are set up the same way. They're small teaching principles. It's small things you can do in the classroom. You're not having to overhaul your entire curriculum in the class. It's like just giving five minutes for them to reflect. For a reflection. Right. And it can be a powerful, powerful way uh, to impact the student's success in that course by offering those five minutes. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Jessica. It's been really enjoyable hearing kind of from your perspective as a faculty member, how this work is playing out, not only at the institution, but just within your own personal professional growth as well. Um, I think lots of lessons here for folks to listen to. Well, and thank you and TBR for growing mindset and valuing it and helping us make these connections. Yeah. You, You get a GPS badge. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this edition of From the VC's Bookshelf, brought to you by TBR, the college system of Tennessee, powering the state's economy and changing the lives of thousands of graduates starting successful careers each year. To learn more about upcoming book selections, or to register to attend discussions live, visit tbr.edu bookshelf.